Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. This week we celebrated our 60th anniversary as a church and we examine how Jesus calls us to a mission to build bridges with others with his love and his gospel. Please enjoy. So uh, I want to start this, this morning by sharing with you, over the past week, I have actually thought a lot about bridges. I know, it was a, it was a rough, really weird week, I thought about bridges. How was your week? Did you think about other things? Was that not weird? Did any of you think about bridges, architecture of bridges, how bridges are made? Anybody? Wow. Wow. I thought I was normal. Uh, <laughs> In any case, but our theme today has been building bridges, and we've been celebrating today how God has built bridges through the ministry here at Champion Church of the Nazarene. And so when you think about a bridge, it sort of plants itself in the front of your mind. And I was, I was thinking about this. There are a lot of different bridges in the world, aren't there? I mean, think about a bridge, any bridge. It could be here in Warren. It could be the, the Golden Gate Bridge. It could be something else. Right? Think of that bridge, right? Okay? Got it in your mind? Isn't it pretty in your mind? It's nice, right? Now, I want you to think of another bridge. Maybe a railroad bridge. Maybe a covered bridge. Maybe all these other different kinds of bridges, right? How, what, how many differences are there between the first bridge that you had in your mind and the second bridge you had in your mind? Many? You, you're allowed to say. Lots? Right. Exactly. Bridges come in all shapes, sizes, forms, all these different kinds of things. I just started writing some of these different kinds of bridges down. There are wood bridges. There's concrete bridges. There's bridges that curve. There's suspension bridges. There's bridges with several levels of roads. One goes this way, the other goes that way, right? There are covered bridges. If you go up to um, Geneva on the lake, there's a few covered bridges up there, right? There are bridges that are simply made for pedestrians. There are bridges that are made of rope and wood, and they cross a gorge, and you are terrified to walk each wooden plank. There are railroad bridges. There are rusty bridges. There are bridges with amazing stone architecture. There are bridges with giant suspension cords that hold it up. No two bridges are alike. Legitimately, there are no two bridges like that. Sounds cliche, I know, but there are no two bridges like. Even if you were to put the same exact style of bridge right next to the other style of bridge, that first bridge will be different from that second bridge because guess what? There are things that happen underneath in the ground that holds it up, or there's different angles that the the different uh, slopes and the different edges of the two sides are. No two bridges are alike. And yet, we can think of all of this, these different kinds, this diversity of bridges of, of such. And we come to realize that bridges, though, all have the same pur purpose. To connect. They are a point of connection. They are a point where one side of a gorge or a valley or a river or whatever it might be to get from one side to the other, and vice versa. They are points of connection. And when bridges are built, 
Brand new things happen. Brand new people meet a new people. New commerce happens. New abilities to be transported to a different part of a, of a city or a state or a country. Bridges connect. And over the past few minutes, we have had an amazing array, a, a diverse array of stories of how God has bridged people together in our history of Champion Church of the Nazarene. No pastor shared the same story, did they? Not by any means. Because in the reality of it is, when we connect with another human being, another individual, all of us are diverse. And to bridge the gap between us and another is going to be different from how you might bridge with another person, right? It's a really amazing, beautiful thing, bridging relationships together. And the reality of it is, this church has an amazing history of building bridges, of building relationships. Many of you have seen people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It might have been in this sanctuary. It might have been in the parsonage. It might have been in the old sanctuary. It might have been in downtown Warren. It might have been in a hospital bed. It might have been out on the grounds. It might have been somebody got really excited and made their decision to follow Christ and they got baptized right, here, right then and there in this sanctuary. But this church has just an amazing history of bridging relationships. And as somebody makes a decision for Christ, so new relationships are fostered. You know who did that? Christ did that through the body of Christ. A lot of times we, we like to think the church is the building. We, we get so... We love our physical things, but the reality of it is, is that the church is not this building. It's not the parsonage. It wasn't the old sanctuary. It wasn't the CLC. It wasn't all those things. It is the people who follow Christ, who follow him with everything, willing to create new relationships with the Holy Spirit. And so today, I would like for us to be reminded of the mission that Christ has called the church to. Now, here's the thing. If you're here, I don't know if any, a lot of you have been here before. A lot of you go to church somewhere. But if, in case there's somebody here who has never been to church, you came in and you're like, what did I get myself into? There's all these stories. There's all these people. I thought there was just one pastor at churches. There's like six here. What's going on? Uh, let me share this with you right now. This is the lifeblood. What we talk about today is the lifeblood of what we do in church. And so as, as you hear these words, I pray that the, the Spirit would be upon you and that even though some of this might sound different, that it would inspire you and call you into love, into a relationship with Christ. So we are going to read today Matthew chapter 28, 
Uh, beginning with verse 19, it's going to be on the screen for you. We read from the Common English Bible these days. And uh, so it might be a little different than what you have. So you can, again, follow along on the screen. But it's very simple. Jesus just resurrected from the dead. And he called his followers, his disciples, out to meet him. And this is what he says to them. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. Would you pray with me? God, we give you thanks for your words. We give you thanks for what we are about to hear. And we give thanks that you're about to work in us. God, lay our hearts bare before you. May we humble ourselves and take upon us, receive your gift of grace and love. And may your spirit transform us to not look like ourselves, but look like your son. Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. You know, this is such a simple passage, right? You, you, you come to this and you hear Jesus say these words, go and make disciples, teaching them, and I'll be with you to the very end of the age. And that sounds so beautiful and it sounds so easy. A caveman could do it. You guys awake? Hello. You know, Geico? Yeah, that's a you know, car insurance thing, okay? <laughs> but it sounds so simple when Jesus says this to his disciples. This is the mission of the church to go and make disciples of all nations, to share the love of Jesus with people who are just like us and nothing like us. This is what the, the church is called to be. But, there's always a but, isn't there? Isn't that difficult sometimes? Isn't it difficult to share the good news? Isn't it difficult to make disciples? Do we even know what make disciples means in today's day and age? I mean, it, sometimes it's really difficult just simply to talk to a brand new person, right? You ever, anybody, anybody terrified of being socially awkward when you meet somebody brand new? Anybody? Yeah. I am just pure awkward when I meet new people. It's great. <laughs> but we are, are given this task of, to go and make disciples of all people. And we, we start thinking, holy cow, there's a lot of people in this. There's billions of people on this earth. There are people who come from different backgrounds in different countries and different circumstances. And even there's different religions and there's different things in this world that we're just not ready for to handle when we hear the call, go and make disciples of all nations. It sounds so simple until you start really thinking about the hurdles that could be there. 
We face the fear of rejection. We face the fear of not knowing the right answer. We face so many hurdles. So many things to say, Jesus, you're really great. You saved me. And I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to love you back and that's it. That whole Great Commission thing at the end of Matthew, that was for other people. (laughs) No, see, the people who loved and followed Jesus were given this task. And so for to love Jesus is to live into the reality that Jesus has given. To live into the mission that he does give. And because of that, let's walk a few steps in the disciples' shoes. The disciples were men and women. We, we know of 12 men disciples, but there are many others who followed Jesus. They just didn't account for them. Men and women who followed Jesus for three years straight. Can you imagine following somebody for three years? Do you ever, you ever want to tap them? You want to be a backstreet to her? Uh, Jesus, uh, weren't we supposed to go this way? No, follow him, right? So they followed him for three years, and they saw Jesus do amazing things. He would go, and he would touch people, and they would be healed from their sickness and their illnesses. He would go into religious places, into synagogues, and he would teach things that just made far greater sense than what was being said in those synagogues. He understood Scripture on a whole other level. He, even when he was met with resistance, he would counter that resistance. Not with hate, not with, ha ha, I gotcha, but rather with love and truth. Jesus embodied love and truth in everything that he did. And you have to think, from their perspective, these disciples were just following this guy. And they were amazed at what was going on. They were enthralled. They're like, this is the guy. This is the guy that we've been waiting for. He knows so much. He does so much. I am, my life is different. I don't even know what's going on, but it's amazing. And then at the end of that three-year ministry period, he's arrested. He's tried, and he is sentenced to death. This man who knew so much, who was righteous, who who did so many great things, was sentenced to death, and he hung on a cross like a criminal. And the disciples stood at the foot of the cross. He's going to save himself. He's going to do something. I saw him... Heal a guy who was blind from birth. I saw him tell people like it is. I saw him do amazing things. Surely he's going to do it. And then he breathed his last. And he died. And in that moment, there was definitely sorrow. I guarantee you there's a lot of confusion. This was the guy. What do you mean? 
And as he lay in the grave, that sorrow and that confusion continued to permeate their minds and their hearts. And then on the third day, something miraculous happened. He rose from the dead. He resurrected. He overcame the most dependable thing on this earth, and that is death. We wish he would have overcame taxes. Just kidding. He overcame the 100% probability that somebody, that when somebody lives their life, they die. That seems like the most powerful thing in the world if it constantly happens over and over and over again. Then surely death is probably the most powerful thing. No, not for this man, Jesus of Nazareth, who is the Christ, who is the Messiah, who is the Lord and Savior. He overcame death and he overcame sin. And guess what? After he came back, he didn't just say, okay, see you later. I'll miss you. He wasn't done. No, Jesus wasn't done after he resurrected. No, in fact, he came and he saw his disciples and he showed himself to them. And he taught them great things and things started to make more sense. That that teaching three years ago now all of a sudden makes sense. And he calls them out here. Overcoming death, the strongest thing known to humanity. And he says to them, go. And make disciples. Yeah. I think Jesus can start saying things now. Because guess what? He beat it. He overcame death. There is nothing that stands in his way. And so when we as people who want to love God and follow God and follow Jesus and everything that we do, and we say, uh, yeah, Lord, you want me to go make disciples, but um, I got to go over here and not do that because I'm afraid. I was petrified. I can't overcome my mistakes and my own sins. What we're doing is we're saying that all the things that we fear and all the things that we use as reasons to not go make disciples are reasons that are stronger than Jesus Christ who overcame death. See, Jesus Christ has the authority to tell us to make disciples because he is Lord. The most beautiful thing, though, about this command is that it's coupled with a promise. Jesus just doesn't say, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them what I have taught you to obey. But he says this amazing sentence. I will be with you to the end of the present age. And this is what God does. Anytime that God says to do something, he couples it with the ability to do it. He is faithful. 
And if you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, I don't know if he, his promise is really going to be there. Guess what? He promised that he would come back from the grave and he did that. So I bet you he's going to be with you in the moments that you go and make disciples of all nations. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean in the whole scheme of things of building bridges? It's very simple. As he tells you to go, may you go. May you make connections with people who are different than you. And I shouldn't say you, us, me. I am in this here. <laughs> I'm here with you guys. May we go and allow him and his spirit to work in us to build a bridge that leads to a brand new connection, that leads to an amazing relationship of love and friendship. And in that relationship, may we be willing to share our faith that Christ did indeed raise from the dead. And as we share that, may the Spirit work in that person's life only for them to come to know Jesus Christ and begin walking in a brand new way that is so different than what we see, that is not selfish, but is humble, but is not chaotic, but is filled with peace, that is not cynical, but filled with hope, that is a life filled with love and truth. Amen. The Holy Spirit that Jesus sent equips and enables believers to live the Christian life. It empowers and enables and enriches and encourages and it educates. His promise extends to us every day in every action, guiding us with his spirit to love and to do his will. You can't be a follower of Christ, a lover of Christ, without doing the mission of God. Can't. It's not being faithful. It's putting something else in your life as more powerful than the one who overcame death. Building bridges, physical or relationally, is never easy. Whether it's, and we're talking about physical bridges for a moment, whether it's over a valley, a river, a bay, there are incredible feats of engineering accomplished in building physical bridges. But after that bridge is built, do you think the life of the people on either side is worse or better? It's far greater. Is it difficult? Are there bumps that develop on those bridges sometimes? Yeah. You have to forgive and reconcile 
and pave over those bumps? Do relationships get old and rusty sometimes? Yeah, they do. May we rely on God to fix that up and renovate us. And even in our existing bridges, may we be willing to build new ones. And it looks very simply. It looks however that bridge can be built. It can be a suspension bridge, a stone bridge, a concrete bridge, a wood bridge, whatever it might be. In the same way, bridging out to new relationships might look like inviting somebody to coffee. Maybe it's inviting a family over for dinner. Maybe it's going out and playing recreational hockey. I'm a hockey fan. It's, it's weird, I know. I live in Ohio and I'm a hockey fan. It's weird. Maybe it's... <laughs> Maybe it's just striking up a conversation with somebody at work who you've never talked to. Maybe it's sitting next to the kid at school that never appears to have anybody sit with them. There are countless new relationships to be forged and built in your life. And in each one of them, the Holy Spirit can work and make disciples of all nations. So today, as we hear this, these words, may we take up the identity and mission that Jesus Christ gave. May we orient in our lives to build bridges wherever we may be. Work, school, even in church. <laughs> Some of us come to church and we don't build bridges at all. I'm like, I'm just going to come sit here and don't talk to me. May we build bridges when bridges have been burned in the past. May we be willing to see every person as a child of God and love them like Christ loves us all. We are called to be the people of God. An authentic community of disciples following Christ through the Holy Spirit. To live missionally, to love constantly, to serve endlessly, and to give hospitably. In doing these things, we will build bridges with our families, our friends, within our church, our co-workers, and our community. And we will begin to lead lives that are growing in Christ, loving people, and making disciples. Today... As we close this service, we're going to sing again. 
But I'm just, I'm, I'm sensing that we haven't always been faithful to the mission that God has given us. And if you're feeling God poke at your heart or poke in your mind or just in your gut that you, you've been living in fear, you've been living with reasons to not build bridges, I invite you to come. You don't have to be coming to our church currently. God works in all places and all churches. And wherever God has you right now, as we pray, may we take on his charge to make disciples of all nations. So as we begin to pray, we'll pray silently. And if you would like to come forward, and to give your heart, your life, your mind completely over to Christ and to his mission. Come and do so. There is no greater place than at the feet of the cross. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come fully acknowledging that we have not lived into your mission sometimes. When we let fear, we let mistakes, we let even our own sin get in the way. And God, I pray that you would lift these things from our hearts and you would lift these things from our minds and to fill us with your spirit, to transform us, to make us holy like you so that we may go into this world bridging new relationships, new connections. May you give us the courage to even bridge the old relationships that need repair. And I pray, Lord, that in doing so, not just one, not just ten, not a hundred, but thousands, thousands of people would come to receive your love to receive your grace and to receive new life that begins now and extends to life everlasting. God, you are faithful in your promises. And may we receive your promises and live them out daily. As we, and we pray this all in your son's holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Champion Church the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope that today's message was inspiring to you. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday. Our services are Sunday mornings at 1030. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. For more information, you can visit us at championnaz.org. We hope that you have a blessed week, and thanks again for listening. Thank you.